0: Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on this week with JB and Pistol. Pistol, how are you, buddy?
1: I'm okay. I'm not great. This weekend was complete (laughs) carnage. I think, uh, you know, people that have buddy, you know, green, Sicily, um, just were struggling. It was just one of those weeks, JB.
0: Yeah, I'm still in disbelief myself at the amount of carnage there was and... More so the amount of carnage that directly affected my side, so I'm I'm a little on edge. Pissed. I'll I'll give you the warning right now. I'm a little bit upset from the weekend. Some trades that I made didn't go as planned, and just a lot of a lot of stuff happened. A lot of tears were shed. Uh, I think Kleenex sales went up eight percent or something. And now I'm here talking to you about Supercoach. And I don't even feel fit to give advice anymore, Pistol. <laughs> I don't think you ever were, JB, to be honest. <laughs> that could be true. I mean, what do I know? <laughs> oh, geez. All right, well, we're going we're gonna to jump straight into the round recap. And it started off with Western Bulldogs versus Carlton. Now, someone that I need to ask you about... Well, actually, there's a couple of players I need to ask you about straight off the bat here. Bonson-Pelly and Jackson McRae, both um, both scoring very well in this game. Jack McRae, though, has had the better season thus far. And what do you think of him as a, a fully-fledged uber-premium option for our top six to eight midfielders?
1: Well, I mean, he looks absolutely unreal. I'm not quite sure where I would put him in terms of how I think he's going to go. I mean supercoach score wise i know he's going to be a top midfielder i don't know if i'm going to think he's going to go like 120 or 115 the thing is he plays north melbourne twice this year you'd think it's going to be him that gets the tag i mean maybe lucky hunter but um definitely you'd, you'd expect it to be mccray but they play them in round 14 and round 21 so people that are trying to get mccray after his bye then have to get two ben jacobs scores so It doesn't really matter if you don't have him at the moment. You don't get those scores. You know, you've missed them. So you have to consider those games when you're looking to trade him in. Is it going to, you know, drop him from a 120 average to like a 110 average for the rest of the year? Which, I mean, is still phenomenal. Um, But you just need to, I guess, take into consideration. But the immediate Bulldogs draw is exceptionally good. They have Gold Coast, Brisbane, um, you know, back-to-back games. And I just think that, you, you, this is time. If if you don't if you don't have him um, at this current price, this is when you you make a move onto McRae or you just wait and play it by ear
0: Yeah, and he scored obviously one hundred and forty one. He's gone uh, that higher. He's shown that ceiling all throughout the season with only a few scores sub of one thirty. And like you said, it's the is the type of time of the season where you don't you jump on him or you wait it out and hope that he has a bad score. He's only going to go up in price and probably maintain a 620 to 630k price as long as he's scoring these 120 pluses. So um, it's, yeah, it's a big roll of the dice and could actually define a few seasons out there, Pistol. Now, the second player I was going to ask you about, 145 in this game, Marcus Bontempelli. Hasn't had the best start to his season uh, that he has had, even in his career, being so young even but looking kind of cheap now and looking like he's going to turn around and play a lot more midfield this game, more midfield than we've seen him play uh, all season. I don't have the the statistic on that, but just from watching, he was in the midfield a lot more.
1: Well, Bond actually hasn't been too bad this year. I mean, you look at his average and you see 101, but if you, you know, he played poorly in the first game against GWS, which is a tough draw, and after that, he's averaged 110. So at 544K, I think you could do a lot worse than getting Bontempelli, especially given um, the Bulldogs' run, which I said is quite good for the rest of the year. They play a lot of Etihad Stadium games as well for the rest of the year. They don't travel much more. Uh, I just think that that's a really sneaky, good pick that's kind of going under the radar. You know, people looking at the Zerets, people looking at the Matt Crouches, but Bontempelli with that 110 average... Um, not including the first week, you've you've just got to take it strongly into consideration.
0: Yeah, and especially with his price, obviously, uh, penny pinching to the extreme is very important and in this game. That's that's how we get ahead of others by by jumping on the bargains and avoiding the the heavily priced players that are obviously going to drop for others. Now, the third player, the third cog in this this bulldog's midfield, Toby McLean, one hundred and eleven has shown time and time again this season that he's going to be a top six forward, as we rightly predicted at the beginning of the season as well, so I don't want to jump the gun a bit too early here, but he's looking very, very good. Um, The 21 disposals, six tackles, which is obviously like a lot of his game is his tackling. One goal, two, so could have actually had a higher score. But there's the standard 11 contested possessions and more more handballs than kicks, which isn't ideal, but when you're getting the ball so much in contested and tight areas, it's going to be worth Super Coach gold.
1: It's actually insane how good Toby McLean has been. I mean, you have to consider he's a forward, so we're not comparing him directly to the midfielders that we just spoke about. Um, but for those that don't really know, he scores this year. He's got 91, 125, 115, 114, 72, 111, and then... In the next two games, you've got Gold Coast and Brisbane, which hopefully, um, you'd think, based on his previous scores, he'd probably get about the 110 mark. That 72 is going to make sure his price doesn't absolutely explode, and this week, he's 515k. Next week, he's got a break-even of 118 He probably hovers around the same price, and... After that, who knows? The lid could be off if he's going to keep scoring those massive, you know, 110 scores as a forward. He's clearly going to be a top six forward. I just think it's you know this week or next week would be the weeks to get Toby McLean. Otherwise, just wait it out until after the buy. But you'll be missing so many points because there's not many midfielders that are capable of averaging 105 for the rest of the season. But he's certainly one of them.
0: Yeah, and not many forwards uh, you meant there. Yes, forwards. But right. yes, definitely, definitely agree. And it's interesting to note, 76% time on ground, he essentially missed a quarter. He was on the bench for a good 10-minute stint there and could not get off of it. I think it was from the end of the first quarter through to five or five or six minutes into the second quarter and still was able to pump out a big score of 110+. plus. So I think he's going to actually improve a little bit, as crazy as that is to say. So... Um, good for those who started. Still a bit of a point of difference, and has a good buy as well, so uh, there's never too early to jump on Toby McLean, I don't think. Now, we'll move on to the next player, and that's Aaron Norton. 78 supercoach points. Not much to speak about here, Pistol, but great that he's going to make us some money.
1: Yeah, I mean, you'd be kicking yourself if you traded out Norton after the first two weeks uh, when he scored 25 and 48, but he's he's currently 282k with a break-even of 27 You'd think he's going to eclipse that 300,000 mark, which is fantastic given his start. Um, yeah, the, the more difficult thing is going to be actually trying to downgrade him with a lack of um, defensive rookies in the coming weeks, but you know, it, we'll take the cash while we can.
0: Yeah, definitely, right? And on to the next couple of Bulldogs rookies that weren't so impressive. Tim English put out just the 44. Ed Richards, 58. Not too bad. He'll still make a bit of money, but... Um, not exactly what people got him in for. I think he had the 80 as uh, right as people were trading him in. So um, anything 65 plus would be great. But yeah, not, not exactly putting it together. Ed Richards looking good though while he plays. Now we'll jump into the Carlton side and a player that I know personally, I'm very upset that I didn't start this year. It's It's obviously turned out to be a mistake because he's playing out of his skin. But Patrick Cripps, 143 supercoach, and we keep saying how unsustainable his contested possession to, to uncontested possession ratio is, but another 32 disposals and another 24 of them contested. Just amazing stuff.
1: And 12 clearances on top of that. I mean, this guy is just an absolute beast. This was a particularly good matchup for him, but there's going to be a lot of particularly good matchups for Cripps. For he's, he's just destroying midfields one week at a time. And to be honest with you, He's probably gonna do it for the rest of the season now. So if you don't have him, he's getting more and more expensive. I I think he's the type of player that's bound to have a stinker. Um, so I'm probably not gonna pay full value for him, knowing he's, he's just scored a 151 and a 143 in back to back weeks. I think hopefully um, closer to the buy he might you know have a have a poor game and you'd be able to get him a bit cheaper. But look, it's looking like a massive oversight if you didn't
0: select him. Yeah, definitely right, and Cade Simpson scrolling down the list here of cards and players, 70 super coach points. If you traded him in this week, um, like someone I know did, you wouldn't be too stoked with a 70, but a blip in the radar for those who have owned him all season, and for those that don't own him still, a glimmer of hope as he's going to drop a little bit of price and be a good upgrade target.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was tagged as well by Caleb Daniel, which is something that I don't think Simo's going to get many more times throughout the season, so... Not not the worst result, not the best result, but we'll just uh, move on and chalk it up as one of those games for Simmo and hopefully bounces back with a big 140 next week.
0: Yep, and we'll jump into the next game of the round. It's Geelong versus Sydney, unless you have anyone that I've missed their pistol. Oh, no, we can just uh, move on. Uh, I do have to double-check because you you like to override my, my moving-ons <laughs> in these podcasts. <laughs> um, so, for the next game, Geelong versus Sydney at uh, POD... Uh, personified here, Joel Sell at 122, not owned by many in the competition, and looks like he's just ticking along as he does every single season. Pistol, what do you think about this point of difference pick?
1: I mean, any player that has the round 14 by, I already feel a bit iffy on, but he's averaging 110. I mean, he's got a break even of 89 just because he had that um, 92 a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, it's He's cheap. He's 535k and he's averaging 110. I think he's a good pick. But I don't know. Joel Selwood in in seasons past always ends up getting down to like 450k. Either he just has a couple of really bad stinkers or he gets concussed. Um and that that hurts him. But yeah, I I just feel like I'd rather complete my midfield with the Oliver, you know, McLean, even Matt Crouch. He's got the similar buy. I think I'd prefer him. Um, yeah, just these type of players. Is there enough room, JB? Like, is Joel Selwood going to be a top 10 midfielder?
0: Well, that's the problem. He he might be a top 10 midfielder, but I don't think there's enough room for him. I think the way a lot of people started their midfields with the, the dusties, dangers, titrels, um the real safe picks can pretty much lock away those those players and only left themselves a couple of spaces to upgrade. And as you said... McCrae's who 95% of the competition missed out on, I think he's only owned by 5% still, um, is someone that we're all looking to upgrade to. Clayton Oliver's another one not owned by a lot and someone that we're looking to upgrade to. I think it's just um, you look for youthful players and you look for players that don't have that round 14 buy, which Joel Selwood unfortunately fits neither category, but he's definitely someone of interest considering he's a, a point of difference for probably one of the first few times in his career. So... Someone that I'm not going to rule out effectively, so we'll see how the, the coming weeks uh, go through. Tim Kelly, the next one uh, we will chat about very briefly, but just to say how good he actually is. 106 supercoach, averaging 98 now. Um, there's yeah, there's pretty much nothing we can say that hasn't been said already. Patrick Dangerfield, 94. So, Pistol, so I think we can both make the confession. I think you you might have already that starting Patrick Dangerfield was the utterly wrong decision. Uh,
1: yes, indeed. I don't think there's any uh, ifs and buts about it. If uh, you started Dangerfield like we both did, it was the wrong decision. He's only averaging 112. He hasn't really been a captaincy, all of a proper, properly awesome captaincy option that we were expecting. He's in 22% of teams, but it's got a break even of 150 and he's 640k. So he's already fallen over 110k this year. And really, there were so many other picks around a similar price that have done as well that I think it's pretty clear that if you didn't start Dangerfield then that was the correct thing to do
0: yeah and especially if you use that money to upgrade uh, elsewhere correctly Um, so it's just yeah I think we can chalk it up as an L but all hope is not lost for those who didn't start him obviously you'll be able to get him very cheap but for those who don't don't have to worry about getting up that big war chest because 620k, which uh Dangerfield might bottom out if he gets gets his act together around about now, Um, is still a lot of money to save up for. So we won't have that stress. We won't have to waste the trades. And yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of shining light for those who started him, but I suppose we have other fish to fry. So that is a, a good sign. I'm trying to make a positive out of a negative here. It's not really working.
1: <laughs> no, not not at all. I mean... Look, maybe he goes 180 this week, but we've been saying it every single week and there's just not (laughs) too many positives. It's just a big, big loss for those that started him. I mean, I still think it was... I mean, it's a 50-50 call at the start of the season. Don't really know in hindsight. It's easy to say, but um, yeah, just got the decision wrong and it's cost us.
0: Sure. So Sam Menegola, the next option we'll talk about. Only scored 17 this one. Looked good though. He had the 22 disposals, kicked the goal... Nine contested possessions and a few clearances to go with that. Six tackles as well, which I think is unlike Sam. Minigar. I don't know if he's a tackling machine, but only the 70 points. Someone will be able to pick up cheap, and I hear a lot of people whispering about him. I don't know where I really place him in in terms of my top six, eight, ten forwards, but I assume he'll be in the mix. He was the highest priced forward going into the season, and I mean, obviously overlooked a lot because of Gary Ablett acquisition and a lot of players coming to that midfield, probably pushing him out. But he has gone about his business, scored a couple of hundreds in a row in the last fortnight. And now with this 70, we could be looking to jump on for a bit cheaper. Well, I think there's some things to consider.
1: One, Gaz is probably going to be back this week. Um, I think that's the, the latest news. So who really knows he obviously didn't score particularly well when Gaz was in the side and as soon as Gaz left he, he absolutely dominated um, secondly he's only gone below six tackles once this year JB so he definitely is a
0: tackler <laughs> oh, whoops <laughs> was that all was it first and secondly yeah no just it was just, no <laughs> it was the
1: first and secondly um, it's more of the Gaz point and he, he scored poorly so I don't think anyone's rushing to, to get him in this week we'll just see where his price bottoms out to
0: yeah, and that's the thing. We can we can watch him over the next couple of weeks, and if he's bottoming out while still scoring decently, then it might be a good option. Otherwise, obviously, we'll just put a line through him. Um, other players of note: Jack Henry scoring fifty-four. Uh, he'll still make us a little bit of money, but might actually might be peaking in the next two or one or two weeks. So a bit scary for those who started him. Now, someone I want to mention: Zach Tui, thirteen disposals. Um, pretty much nothing else 25 super coach points in 94% time on ground can you explain this for me Pistol and is, is this someone that we want to jump on when they hit negative 800k or what's going on here
1: <laughs> um, I can't say that he's going to keep that up but really he went at 38% disposal efficiency so it was a case of him kicking the ball 12 times handballing once but just missing the mark nearly every single time um, it's as straightforward as that JB
0: yeah, craziness. I, I don't. I can't comprehend how he scored twenty five in in such high amount of game uh, time on ground. Then again, Zach Guthrie scored fifteen in eighty four percent time on ground. So what do I know? <laughs> um, we'll move on to Josh P Kennedy, who had the uh, the fourth quarter to remember. Obviously, a lot of people chatting about him, bouncing back to form, and uh, well, he bounced back to form. Didn't he? one hundred and twenty five Super Coach points, his best game for the season, and he looks like he's bottomed out in prices. He's someone that we should consider. I see a lot of people instantly dismissive of this considering uh, he, he scored so poorly leading up to this, but isn't this his ploy? Isn't this his year-to-year little ha-ha got you got all right, like, scored badly for the first six weeks and now I'm the best player in the league? Like, he just does this every year, doesn't he?
1: <laughs> he pretty much does do it every year. He's the notorious slow starter. We've, we've mentioned it in the previous podcasts. He generally comes home like a steam train after the bye and it's just JPK doing JPK things and, Really, this year, I mean, why would it be different? The draw is going to open up now for Swans. It, they had a tough run. Now it gets easier. Um, I don't actually think it affects him too much, an easier, a tough draw, to be honest with you. But look, it's hard to go past him. He's 440k JB. That is a ridiculous price for a potentially, you know, top 15 midfielder. Um, if you want to jump on him at 440k, I wouldn't think that's the worst thing in the world. You're just taking, I guess, an an educated punt but at the same day if he only averages 100 flat uh, from here on out then that's probably not good enough for your your m8 slot
0: yeah definitely not and like we said earlier with uh, the youth and the better buyers coming through there probably are better options but at the same time you have to consider price it's obviously a big part of the game now someone who's threatening to price us all out Isaac that if you didn't start with him his price is consistently rising and a 94 in this one playing a predominant... Oh, I wouldn't say predominantly out of the forward line, but definitely more so than past weeks due to the absence of Buddy Franklin. Put together a 94, 21 disposals, very bad uh, disposal efficiency at 61. Uh, Copped a couple of knocks during the game. It seemed like he was always on the ground, but still played 89% time on ground. 94 supercoach, and what looks like probably his floor for the season might be pistol, so... Um, some of that might price us out and we might want to jump on uh, now even though he's not at a discounted price.
1: Well, that's the thing. He, he scored 94 and I thought he played very poorly. He kicked zero goals too as well. And as you said, he looks like he was just injured the entire game because every time he, he did something good, he just got flattened. You know, the next play, he hurt his hip, hurt his leg... Um, he got cleaned up. They took a goal away from him at one stage and credit to someone else. So there's nothing really going right for Isaac <laughs> Heaney in this game, but he still managed 94. So if that's going to be his flaw this year, um, he's, someone in, he's someone that we should just get ASAP.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's the thing. You've got to consider that if that's one of his worst games, if you rewatch it, you'll see... He obviously got the bad rub of the cream all of the time. Then, you know, why wouldn't you get someone like that in your side? Now, debutant Ben Ronk scored 92. Um, my only questions here are his job security. And he did score a very good goal uh, very late in the piece. So I think he got a, a couple of bonus points for that one. And, yeah, well, pretty much just job security. Pistol, what do you think? Well, I mean, with
1: Buddy out for who knows how long and with Reed out for... Um, a couple more games still I think that Ronk if he's going to play like this he's going to earn a spot on his side he, he did his role you know he's a small forward they brought him in for the tackling pressure because he was a tackling beast and he got 7 tackles which is exactly what you want for someone in his position and if he he's not young he's not like an 18 year old I think for memory he's like 21 so he's a bit of a more mature body as well and I don't really see why he would be the first person removed from that Swan side I think if he backs it up next week with another decent performance then he's going to have solid job security and he would probably end up being the top of my list of uh, rookies to to grab um, in in when he's on the bubble
0: yeah well that's great to hear um, that's actually really good news because we do need these bubble boys coming up and 92 is going to get him a very steady price range but someone to watch for the next week obviously now someone going under the radar scored 120 dream team after his 29 disposal effort 10 marks as well, 2 tackles Uh, and the rest of it jake lloyd only 90 super coach which is quite significantly lower than dream team usually it's the other way around do we count on lloyd bouncing back i actually like him with the the soft draw that i've got coming up i think he's just a ball magnet Uh, he,
1: he generally just scores really well in dream team and just average i guess average for a premium defender um he he's he's just someone that's so consistent i mean his last four scores has gone 85 89 94 90 so it's hard to say that he won't average 90 for the rest of the year but at the same time he's not going to price you out you're not going to be paying you know 560k etc for for jake lloyd you're always going to be paying this mid 400s for him so he he seems like he's going to be like that ideal last upgrade target maybe that m sorry d6 um, after the buys because, uh, yeah, you're just not going to get price out and it's just a solid pick every week.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, and like you said, if he's going to hover around that price range consistently, then there's no point rushing him in. Now, the next player we'll discuss quickly, Luke Parker, 79 supercoach points. If you started with him, it's been an absolute nightmare. What do, you, uh, what do you advise for Luke Parker owners except for pretty much crying onto your laptop screen? <laughs> I mean... Yeah,
1: it's tough, right? Because he started well, he's playing poorly, and then you look at the upcoming draw. You've got North at home, um, Hawthorne, which is probably a game I think I could see Parker doing well. Hawthorne generally allow midfielders to score very well. you got Sydney at home, you got Brisbane, you got Carlton at home, you got Saints, you got West Coast at home, and then you have the bye. That feels like a really favourable run um, for the Swans. I just think... Maybe it's a gut feel, but I think you just hold him to the buy and reassess then, because he's got every potential to, you know, score 120 in every one of these games. But at the same time, he could score 80. But um, yeah, gut feel based on, I mean, gut and also based on past history and the draw, kind draw. <laughs> I feel like he's someone that's worthwhile holding until the buy still.
0: Yeah, and gave away five frees whilst also kicking two behind, so his score could have been a very. Could have reflected a very different game from Luke Parker. So um, something something. those that have him are probably just going to have to cop and those that don't have him maybe want to actually watch if he goes crazy on this good run that they have. So we'll jump onto the next game. It's North Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. Um, Port obviously taking the chocolates in this one. And for North, I mean, it, I'm going to jump straight to Todd Goldstein. 88 super coach. Didn't look amazing, but still got the job done with 88. I assume you'd take that for a Ruckman. What are your thoughts on Goldie? Because he's really been on and off so far this year and and versing one of the worst uh, ruck stocks in the league right now without Paddy Ryder. He probably should have scored more. This was probably
1: the worst score um, for Todd Goldstein owners because last week we were saying how good the ruck draw is for him over the next four weeks. And if he scores poorly, then it would be time to maybe make a, a switch. But he didn't do badly enough to make a switch, but he also didn't dominate. So the problem is Todd Goldstein's actually been playing well the last two weeks. I think um, he's been very decent actually, but the super coach scores aren't being reflected by how well he's playing, which is also a worrying sign. So tough situation right now for Goldstein owners. Fortunately, Nick Nat didn't have a great game either, so the price will you know remain similar. Uh, I just think you got to hold it for this. Just hold until the buy and reassess. See how he goes in these coming um, games with without decent opposition. 88 is good enough, but yeah, it, it is worrying signs for goal scene owners.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, the best advice we can give for a lot of these players is just to hold and hope they come good. That is the stage of the season that we are at. Um, so next player, Luke Davies, Uniak, only the 32 super coach and um, actually about to drop in price if he keeps scoring like this. Not ideal for those who started and definitely time to jump off that bandwagon um, if he's going to lose lose plenty of money. If not, and if he's just sitting on your bench you think he can maintain, then there's no harm in just holding him for a couple more weeks, I don't think. Uh, he might get dropped again from North Melbourne side, so <laughs> we never really know what's going to happen there. Um, so from the Port Adelaide perspective, Justin Westhoff, 147 super coach and seems to be doing this a lot this season. A smoky for a top eight or top even six forward spot, do you think, Pistol? I mean, you're the Port supporter, so tell
1: me, how do you think the impact of Patrick Ryder coming back into the Port side will affect Westhoff?
0: Yeah, the best way to summarise this is I don't actually know. We haven't <laughs> seen them play together this year. Westhoff seems to be playing a new role on the wing, um, which is a good for his super coach. I'd assume. He's not really doing that floating role, so some some games he'll be good, some games he won't. He's playing on the wing, which means he'll be getting more consistent output, but at the same time, I haven't seen him play with Patrick Ryder this year, except for the first half of the round one cash, so I can't really advise that well, because uh, it's an unknown. Justin Westhoff's playing a new role and we haven't seen him play it with Ryder yet, so um, I'm assuming he does keep it up, but not to this extent. I don't think he puts up 147 point games very often <laughs> for the rest of the season. I think he'll he'll hover around the 100 mark for the rest of the year and that could be good enough to get a top six sport, forward spot.
1: It's just tough because you also have someone like Robbie Gray who you definitely want to get into your side. I mean, the man's averaging 117 as a forward. And then come the buys, you don't really... Well, around, I should say the early round 10 buy, you don't really want to have Westhoff and Robbie Gray on your bench in the same week just in case one of your rookies out or there's a suspension. Um, it's a bit risky. So I feel like if you're going to pick one of them, you got, you got to take Gray. Um, and then maybe pick up Hoff after the bye. It's just, I definitely wouldn't take Boke. And Robbie Gray has been so dominant this year that, you know, I think he's essentially a must.
0: Well, you say you wouldn't take Boke. Boke played a lot in the midfield this game, well, a lot more considering what he's been playing. He has scores this year of 98, 111, 80, 77, 100, and then 109 this week. They're not bad scores for a forward, and he's he's actually averaging quite well. 466k these aren't the sort of numbers i'd be too concerned with if i was trading your boat he's he's averaging sorry 90 96 approximately and um, not owned by much of the competition either only three percent i think is a good smoky point of difference uh, pistol <laughs> well,
1: i actually said i wouldn't pick both both players you know west well, top to and me. <laughs>
0: That essentially means you hate Travis Boak and don't think he's a good pick. So explain yourself, please.
1: Well, look, I mean, you're hardly going to pick all three poor players, JV. Don't be ridiculous. Uh, Then you're guaranteed a donut in in the round 10. But (laughs) Boak, Boak, we will talk about Travis Boak this time. Um, Has been a surprisingly good pick, but yeah, compared to the other... Um, options. Maybe you could pick up Boke after the round 10 by certainly someone I wouldn't be bringing in um, right this second. But JB, I'm more interested to hear your thoughts on Riley Bonner this week, especially now um, that he has that halfback flank role to himself and still managed to have his worst game ever um, for Port Adelaide. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Riley Bonner?
0: Yeah, and it's it's really strange. I think Dan Houston is a little bit of the reasoning. Dan Houston put up ninety four, had a very good game, uh, was getting some more disposals off that half back line than, than Bonner was. It bon- watching Bonner just confuses me a lot because he he wants to run and he his run and carry is so good and you can tell Port want him to do that role. But any the ball is near our forward fifty, he's the most accountable bloke that you'll you'll see out there and I just find it strange that someone that wants to use his offensive power is being so defensive. Even when his team has the ball, he seems to be close checking with his man. So I don't think he's he's doing a tagging role, but it's just it's strange to me that he's not not trying to get more of those running opportunities. He's really sort of just letting his teammates do all the running. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like he's playing like a, a Tom Jonas when he should be should be playing like a Jasper Pirard for us it's I think it's very strange his role I can't really describe it very well as you can tell but um, it's yeah if you watch him you'll know what I'm talking about I think yeah he's, he's pretty much cooked in a super coach perspective because the role that he's playing isn't uh, isn't sufficient and isn't what he was doing round one so there's no reason to keep holding him he's probably going to lose money now and yeah he's, he's already out of my side so I'd, I'd advise trading him out pistol
1: all right there we go. Let's let's uh move on to the Giants versus Lions games then, JB.
0: Well, just quickly, Robbie Grave, the eighty nine, did survive the Jacobs tag, who was on and off him. Uh, went forward, kicked a goal late, and I think he was hovering around the seventy mark. Just snuck up to the eighty nine. So good for those who have him. Bad for those who are looking to get him in for a bit of a cheaper price. So we are going to have to wait another couple of weeks. I for know that. you want to talk yeah. about
1: Port Adelaide for pretty much the entire podcast. We already spoke about Gray and Westhoff and Boke. Even you managed to throw in there. Let's let's move on, JB.
0: Yeah. So Sam Gray, one hundred and twenty. <laughs> No, nah, GWS versus Brisbane. Uh, obviously, GWS got the chocolates here. Uh, Whitfield, very good. But the man that we need to talk about is Brett Delidio, 111 Super Coach. He has been sensational going off of the halfback line, like he, like he used to for Richmond back in the day. And is he someone we should be considering? I know it's unlikely he plays 22 from here, but well, it's definitely, definitely unlikely he plays 22 from here because we're six rounds in. It's unlikely he doesn't miss a game from here throughout the throughout the rest of the season. But 111 after 150-plus last week, this is crazy.
1: It, it is insane. And he's got a break-even of 17. Um, so he's probably looking to make another 50K on his already 473K price tag. It's just crazy because you can't really trade him in at this price at 473K. So you kind of just have to sit back, and if you had him, well done. And if you don't, I mean... You're not surely you're not actually going to be picking up um, Deledio at 473k, knowing he can't make it through the rest of the season. So it's just a weird one, JB. I don't think there's too much to talk about.
0: Yeah, well, he might make it through the rest of the season.
1: Well, I mean, it's so unlikely given his injury <laughs> history um, over the past couple of years. I mean, you'd say it's almost zero. How about we talk about um, Lord Heath Shaw?
0: Yeah, 98, so obviously started the season very well with back-to-back tons, then went on a bit of a, a well, a, not a bit of a bad patch, a very bad patch, and now has pulled out a 98. I think he'll just do this all season. He'll he'll show signs of his 2016 form and then signs of his 2017 form, and that'll be his 2018 form, just <laughs> a mix of the both, and I, I don't think he's selectable. If you have him, obviously you ride the right wave because he's going to pull out good scores and you just hope that... He maintains it for long enough to, you know, get the average up for a good defensive premium. But to me, he, I just can't trade him in because I can't trust him to do one thing or another each week. So it's, yeah, it's a bit strange actually.
1: How come you didn't question when I called him Lord Heathshaw?
0: Well, I assume there's some strange reason and even you wanted me to question <laughs> it. So, right, what's, what's the reason? Thank come you on.
1: for asking. Um, <laughs> no, Heathshaw actually did... Um, acquire some land overseas um, that comes with the official title of Lord so he's now requested that everybody refer to him as Lord which will be hilarious if he actually ever um, racks up any of Brownlow votes because come come the day um, officially they should be calling him Lord Heathshaw in the the Brownlow vote so um, that's something I'm looking forward to so really hoping he has a big game um, sometime soon
0: all right, I, I regret Arts asking so. us. <laughs> <laughs> Caniglio had his uh, first poor outing, and he still scored ninety-three, so very impressive from him. Not too upset about that. Finlayson sixty-five. His cash generation may slow for a little bit, but I'll back him into still put up those eighties and be one of the the last upgrades we have to make in our sides. Uh, Giles Langdon was on fifty at half time before doing a knee injury. They think he's he's moving very well and did it for precautionary reasons. So could be back in this week if not the week after those who have him obviously hold he ended up getting the 60s so he uh, he should be out for so, uh, for too long Nicholas Shipley uh 41 on debut I mean could have been very 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 much worse but 41's not too bad very much <laughs> probably worse. not one of our best yep. downgrade targets but <laughs> so no, Go, ve- what?
1: very much worse uh, I, I liked your, your sentence sorry continue Jamie. sorry my
0: sentence there was a ship lyric a, sh- wreck. a sh- ship
1: yeah nah nah I'm not going to pay no you. nah oh nah. alright well
0: it's just I'll move it's on dead. then better move on
1: yeah don't worry nah, I I'm, I'm not going to edit it out obviously so
0: <laughs> no of course continue. not I mean I think some people will find it funny it's just you have a bad sense of humour mm,
1: bad sense of humour or a good sense of puns
0: no well it could be Could be both good, isn't it?
1: No, there's no such thing as being (laughs) being good at puns and having a shit sense of humour. That's just not possible.
0: My apologies. Okay, Okay, so Mitch Robinson, 130 forward eligible. Chance or no?
1: I mean, yes. Mitch Robinson, (laughs) I just love Mitch Robinson. So, I find it hilarious. 20
0: contested disposals, Pistol, what?
1: (laughs) I mean, people... I'm going to read out his scores because I'm sure people haven't actually been considering him. Um, so far this year, he's gone 83, 103, 94, 102, 130. He's averaging 102. His price at 474K. You probably can't go Mitch Robinson, but I really hope you do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's no way well, I'm going to put that.
0: <laughs> I mean, he was one of two players to score over a ton for Brisbane and both scored 130, so that's that's pretty interesting as well. Alex Withered in ninety two, looking like a good defensive option. Even Dan Rich ninety nine could be a sneaky option when he drops a lot in price, but I wouldn't recommend it considering he gets tagged by a, a you know medium breeze. Steph Martin ninety two with the the ruckman in the side, very good for Steph Martin owners. I think if if Big O doesn't remain in the side, then I, I mean hopefully he just reverts back to normal. If he does, a floor of ninety two would be brilliant. After maybe his floor is lower, but. 92 is what we've got to go on so far. And then Alan Christensen, 74. Is he the type of player that we're looking to upgrade now because he has here a bit of a wall?
1: I mean, he he's still scoring decently. I mean, 74 is a fine score um, for somebody at his price and, and, you know, selected selectable at the beginning of the year as a mid-pricer. He has a break-even now of 87. So I can't imagine he's going to make too much more money. But he made 100K. He did his job. He scored well. I mean, he's got Collingwood this week, so I think he could score quite well um, at the Gabba. But really, if you want to, you know, upgrade him, let's say to McLean this week for only 160k, you know, go for your life. Um, that is a move that I would definitely be making.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he served his purpose. Purpose hasn't he getting so close to a, a guaranteed top six full premium? So uh, that's exactly what you got him into doing. I think it's time to yeah, Cole and, and move him up to that that forward premium, get another premium on your side. Now, Dane Zorko, speaking of premiums, um, well, actually we're not, we're talking about Dane Zorko. Oof. 46 super coach points, 10 disposals, one goal, two, um, four contested possessions, only two tackles, What? what is going on? 10 disposals, he had 80, 85% time on ground, 10 disposals, Pistol. What has happened to Dane and Do we consider him at, you know, rookie price, which is going to be in about five weeks?
1: I mean, he's struggling big time. He's got a break-even of 172. He's 430K. I mean, if he scores another 40, I mean, you're kind of saying in your back of your head, like, surely he can't score another 40. But if it happens this week, Collingwood's not, not ones to tag as well. So I can't see it happening. But if if it happens this week, he could drop 70K. And in that That's case, he, he, it's Zorko at 360k. I mean, in my mind, he's not been, he's been bad this year. Don't get me wrong. He's he's scored three scores under 46, but he still scored 105, 92 and 82 in the other games. If you saw Dane Zorko at 360k, I'd almost say just YOLO it. I mean, do it. Get an M9 out of it if you have to. If you have to spend, you know, 80K to upgrade Banfield um, to Zorko, it's just something that I would do and hope it turned out well. It may waste a trade, but at the end of the day, having Zorko as your, your M9 is like a loophole at the at, at, after all the buys, you know, at near the end of the season, you could do a lot worse than that. But if I had to trade someone like Tim Kelly to Zorko, that's not a move I would be making. Definitely Tim Kelly averaging 98 I think he's got more money to make and I'd only be trading him for a top tier primo, not not a punt like uh Dane Zorko.
0: Yeah, and you'd almost lose sixty points per game doing that trade, so um obviously we're assuming Zorko does eventually bounce back, but unbelievable how good Kelly has been and how bad Zorko has been conversely. So uh we'll move on to the next game, Hawthorne versus Saint Kilda. And Tom Mitchell was back, 126 Supercoach points, was not tagged or... I mean, Jack still sort of ran with him a tiny bit, but not really a hard tag, and this is what we need to see from our marquee midfielder, one of our two or three marquee midfielders.
1: I was a bit disappointed that he had 45 possessions, 15 contested, 10 clearances, and only got 126 Supercoach, but, you know, I'll, I'll take it if, if I have to. Um, <laughs> but JB how did you see uh, David Mirror's game and, and what do you think of um, him going forward
0: yeah well 71 and obviously if you jumped on him for the the bargain basement price of 102k then you're just laughing that's the exact score that you'd want him to get and anything more is a bonus anything over 60 is probably a bonus and he played well enough to, to be an on field option for this week I'm, I'm not sure if he'll continue that I think it was good circumstances considering St. to just pump it into their forward line like there's no tomorrow and have zero system and don't try to hit a chest if they tried but you know 71 you're not going to complain with he's going to make you quite a lot of money and for those who got him in very very well played and I think he'll just be a good player. Um, James Warpool was on debut 64 super coach points good enough uh, to get him in, in a couple of weeks if he keeps playing do you think he'll keep playing?
1: Uh, it's a tough one I think that's a, a borderline call I mean he's also um, a bigger body older player but I, I don't know if he did enough I mean 13 possessions maybe um, we'll see how he goes in his second week currently after that one game performance I don't think he did enough um, I definitely feel much better at David mirror's job security by the way if you if you do uh, have him I don't think he's going anywhere um, he's not leaving the side in, in a rush but yeah Warpool I think that's a, a wait and see JB
0: yeah definitely and did look very composed looked very good I saw a lot of Hawthorne fans commenting on it and tweeting out about it and looked very good for a debutant so I think they're happy with him so hopefully the coaches are as well Shane Savage the next one 107 super coach points uh, just did Shane Savage things he's going to score a lot of tons this year and he's going to aver- you know, average around that 100 to 105 mark I think Oof. wouldn't be shocking it well, be probably cool. 95 to a 105
1: <laughs> hey? that sounds more reasonable yep
0: yeah, I definitely overshot the market initially there. <laughs> but um, but yeah, good for those who started him at an upgrade target for those who don't have him when he drops a bit. And he's was well, already dropped a bit because he had that 50. But um, someone that we don't have to get in in a rush, I don't think he's going to have up and down games uh, throughout the season. Um, so elsewhere on St. Kilda is, I mean, I'm scrolling quite a while. and I don't, Oh, okay, there's Jack Billings. 47 super Coach points, 15 disposals, and just poo. <laughs> I mean he, he can't kick goals one goal three this game he could have had a better score again uh, I mean 70's not that much better anyway but not not good at all and those who have him are, you know get upset talking about him like I am now and those who have him are probably going to trade him like you are now
1: It's. I'm a bit panicked um, to be honest I mean first all, I should say this game in particular he went at 40% disposal efficiency so he just butchered the bloody thing um, and he kicked one goal, three. The guy can't kick a goal. He can't kick straight. It's just a complete mess um, at the moment. He's dropped over 100k. Here's the most worrying thing, JB. I'm pretty sure Saints have played almost all of the easier um, sides. Their draw before the buy, and I know most people, and I've definitely said, I think two weeks ago, to wait on Jake Billings and reassess at the buy. but their draw before the buy, I'm just going to read it out here. They've got... D's Fremantle in in over at um in Freo, Collingwood Richmond West Coast away Sydney Gold Coast and then the bye. I mean Gold Coast isn't okay game although it is away from home. But all the other matches they could get thumped and I just don't see Billings being somebody that is going to step up now when the Saints need somebody to step up because they they're getting killed every game. I just don't see him taking that next level and being a leader for for his side and going 90 plus and becoming that viable forward option that we need. And he's at 400K. So you kind of need to make a choice now. He's got a break-even of 105. And honestly, he could get anything this week um, between 20 and like 120. But 400K is enough where you could still buy somebody decent. But if he keeps dropping, if he's going to get to that 350k range, then you definitely have to hold him. And I'm not sure it's worthwhile playing him over a rookie um, at this stage, because the rookies are scoring 60s, and Billings scoring are roughly the same, JB.
0: Yeah, it's not good. Obviously, you field him for his ceiling, but he's only shown that ceiling in in the first round and in 85 last round, so... Not good. When that 85 goes out of his three-round average as well, he'll be even worse off with the the price. So obviously not good for those who started him. Actually, very, very bad for those who started (laughs) him. And I mean, those who are looking to get him in, he did have a good run home last season. So maybe in some people's considerations, but I mean, I'm holding him to the buy. I'm I'm hoping he comes back strong. Worst case scenario, when Walters drops uh, after his injury-affected score... Maybe they'll end up around the same price around their buy, but you know, it's just it's just not ideal, is it? No, you'll be (laughs) you'll be paying
1: a hundred K to upgrade Billings to Walters even after Walters uh has um drops all that price. I mean, you're assuming Billings
0: doesn't average like seventy to eighty, which would be different to what he's doing right now, obviously, a bit of step up, but he's obviously capable of it. We've seen what he did last year, we see what he did this year in round one, so all we needed to do is average around that price, and it's almost a straight swap. Whoa. Hopefully, so yeah. Let's. let's I mean, it's see. kind of wishful thinking.
1: Let's let's just see how it goes. Um, JB, how did you see Nick Cofield in this game?
0: Well, I didn't. He didn't <laughs> get much of the possessions at all. He, <laughs> he got seven disposals, uh, two marks, zero tackles, gave away a free, didn't get any zero scoreboard effectiveness, two contested possessions at least, and that's it. Uh, he even went at 100% disposal efficiency for those seven disposals. That's how he creeped up to 24 Supercoach. But for those who started him, he's got a break-even of 54, which he's gotten to... I mean, he's gotten there this year. Uh, this is his first score below 54, so I wouldn't be too concerned. But the concerning thing is if he gets dropped. He's only made you 60K. He was easily their worst player, unfortunately, and may be dropped. So this is what the concerns were when we were getting him in. And we didn't expect him to have this bad game considering his first couple of showings were very good. But here we are, Pistol. Um, and if he gets dropped, it's it's been a bit of a failure of a pick. So um, hopefully he doesn't any bounces back. But worst case, we might be looking elsewhere for the, the Caulfield pick.
1: At least he has DPP. So you could maybe downgrade uh, one of those defenders for a midfielder and swing um, Caulfield into the back line. I think that's the only positive I can think of. Um, but yeah, just... It is what it is, and let's move on now to the the Crows versus Suns game, JB.
0: Yeah, so Crows versus Gold Coast, and Matt Crouch's return, uh, notched up the ton on the dot, uh, 28 disposals. Um, I'd like to see, is he had, yeah, he had 74% time on ground, maybe received a little bit of a rest towards the end, because I know he was doing extremely well leading into that uh, last quarter, but... Um, just good, good news for those who, well, obviously not many people would have him now after he missed a few weeks, but has that injury affected score, didn't go too crazy on his return. So he's going to drop a lot more uh, value and someone that we should all be looking at, uh, whether we, you know, if, if, we opt to get him or obviously teammate Bryce Gibbs is also on the, on the outer as well, seems to be scoring a little low, lower than his usual output. Um, definitely something to look at, Since you consider. What are your thoughts on match, Matt Crouch? Well,
1: this is an interesting one. So I'm going to read you their prices because I don't know if you know that uh, off by heart. But we've got Matt Crouch at 561K and he has a break-even of 182. So realistically, he's probably going to bottom out at about 525, 530K. And then you've got someone like Bryce Gibbs who is currently at a price of 517 K with a break even of 168. So he's probably going to bottom out at about 500 flat. Now, which one, if you had to pick one, and I assume a lot of people are looking to upgrade to one of these guys because they're both undervalued. Which one would you pick JB? I'd
0: definitely, I'd definitely pick Crouch. I think his run home and his ability to score well at Adelaide Oval, after getting a rest and still scoring a 100, he's shown he showed his obvious scoring potential. And if they're within 25K, I think he's definitely the player that I'd go with. He's untaggable, obviously, because he's that inside midfielder. Bryce Gibbs, on the other hand, I do think he'll be an amazing pick. He still had 31 disposals in this game, uh, so it was still very good. Um, only put up the 80 super coach. I just think he's a, a very, very small tier below Matt Crouch. I think Crouch can average 120 for the rest of the season, whereas Gibbs will average around 110, 115 sort of thing. So I, I put them in very, very similar spots, but I, I think Crouch just gets the edge for me. What, what do you think? I think you're you're in the Gibbsy camp, aren't you?
1: I love Matt Crouch, and I think he is going to be a gun pick for the rest of the year. But there's something... Look, Gibbs has Carlton this week, and obviously that's going to be a big match Um you know against his old club and if he does get tagged I'm I'm not saying that it's a definite but if he does get tagged you know maybe they uh knock him around a little bit I'm hoping he might have one more poor score because if he has one more bad game he's going to drop to about 470k JB and I think if you're deciding between Crouch at at 540 or Gibbs at at 470 I think uh Gibbs would be the one for me that I'd be getting in at that really kind price
0: yeah definitely I, I definitely agree with that when it's that sort of price differential if Gibbs has another average game then I'd expect them to score close enough to make that 70k really really worth it so yeah I definitely agree with that and yeah I will hopefully hopefully it all transpires in, in the next week I mean Crouch could get another bit of a rest against Carlton they're obviously gonna um, well I don't think it's obvious but if I mean Let's let's be real here. They're gonna they're gonna win the game. So if the if the score does blow out a little bit, maybe Crouch does receive a bit more of a rest. Maybe he drops a little bit more than we expect. So you never know. Um, it's definitely something to monitor. And I don't think people are considering Bryce Gibbs as much as we were leading into this podcast. So yeah, hopefully it pops up on a few more radars. So uh, Paholke scored 18 in this one. On the bubble now, probably not someone that we're going to put a serious consideration into. Might actually, probably will get dropped after that performance, to be honest. On Gold Coast side, it's... Um, Nick Holman.
1: All the way down the bottom, JB. Got to start from the bottom. The most important Gold Coast player, man. is probably the worst scorer on their team.
0: <laughs> well, this game he was. Uh, but I don't think... I mean, His, his break even still around 30, which he scored this game, and he has scored... Uh, twice in the last three weeks now (laughs) but we know he can put up those 80s and i think when he gets the right role which i mean we never know what he's gonna he's gonna be doing from game to game he can still score those 80s he'll maintain this price range for at least two more weeks there is to me there's no harm in just watching him either score the 80s and being happy that you held him and seeing him go up a little bit more or watching another 30 or 40 or 50 pop up and just go all right cut fine like, we'll, we'll downgrade him now there's not going to be much loss there's not going to be much gained except for the fact that if he obviously does pull it together and then score another 80 so not in my highest uh to trade out pile but he's definitely getting there
1: <laughs> well with Walpole and and much um back uh, as options if they're on the bubble next week as midfielders Holman's probably the one that's going to going to make way for them I think um unless he does something exceptional jb how about we move into the
0: bombers versus demons game oh no one, no one else on the golko side i like that <laughs> um <laughs> so yes bombers versus demons this one was uh it ended up being a route i don't know what is actually wrong with essendon's side but what is right with their side is zach merritt 111 super coach if you invested in him for the cheap price he's still cheapish here would you advise jumping on he had a very good game 29 disposals 10 tackles which is massive um and only 73 percent time of ground as well which is i mean uh, i actually don't know his average so i can't really comment but 111 super coach points for his price obviously is very good
1: yeah i mean the average of 82 isn't an accurate reflection of how he's gone this year he has a three round average of 110 so Obviously, his last three games, has gone 107, 114, 111, and he's looked you know, back to his old self. The issue I have is I feel very uncomfortable with a player in a team that's so poor um, that is you know, taggable. If, if you're going to sit on Zach Merritt and Bombers lose by 10 goals, he is going to have one of those poor games. And if I'm deciding between him and somebody in the Adelaide outfit, Adelaide are going to win so many more games. And Um, just it's standard knowledge um, common knowledge that you know in wins players tend to average more than in losses it's just the way it goes so um, yeah when I'm looking deciding between them I guess the buy is a factor as well you got the round 14 buy for the, the Adelaide players but yeah Zach Merritt something about it to me he feels so uncomfortable he is 500k though so I can't really um say he's a bad pick he's definitely somebody that I would be looking at especially if you had 510k to spend um but in the coming weeks if you had to choose somebody I'm not sure he would be my first choice JB
0: yeah and I overlooked him intentionally as well because um on top of the tag and the the fact that bombers aren't in the best form at the moment he's also dealt with a few head knocks so a think he's one head knock away from being rested the following week and i just don't want to deal with that from a premium so um we'll move on Devin smith 109 obviously big ticks um hurley as well 104 big ticks as well so those those players are just lock and load uh i don't know if Devin smith will be in top six or even maybe eight forwards but hopefully hov is there enough and for his price at the start of the season becomes that bargain that we wanted Uh, Guilfey, very good, 63. Uh, He was good again, 19 disposals, and just looked like he really wanted to get amongst the nine contested possessions. Obviously, that's his game. Uh, If you got him in, just very, very good performance, something that you'd like to see week in and week out, those 60 pluses. We'll jump over to the Melbourne side. Max Gorn, 168 Supercoach points. He's the top Supercoach player uh, at the minute. That's just amazing for a Ruckman, and... At the same time not very surprising. <laughs> I mean,
1: he's unbelievable, JB. He's averaging hundred and thirty. Uh there's not much that he can't do at the moment. And I think he has to be a serious you have to seriously consider him uh with the captaincy now. I know other people got a bit surprised um two weeks ago when he when he scored the um one fifty one, but now he's come out with a one sixty eight. He's somebody we should be loopholing uh into. He's he's that good at the moment, J B.
0: Yeah, and a couple of behinds and an awful Disposal efficiency and still 168. He was dominant, like the def- definition of dominant. He was all over the ground and, and really tied up his, his ruck match up in, uh, I don't even remember, Leunberger, that's <laughs> not. Okay, there we go. <laughs> so that's, he just made him just irrelevant to me that's how much he's held him up uh, we'll move on Michael he put up 96 good for owners uh, 24 disposals in that one but he has had a 90 plus score this year I wouldn't get too excited but at the same time uh, it is good to see signs have been popping back to his base. he had a, a, a season high disposals and a team a game high meters gain so um, both ticks uh, and definitely what you're looking for if you've held on to him for this long Bailey Fritch ninety, very good. He'll be making us a lot of money. Uh, well, not a lot of money, but he was scoring sixty on the dot pretty much every week. So ninety is good to see. Clayton Oliver eighty nine Supercoach points. He's going to drop a little bit in in cash and someone that I'm looking to pounce on when they bottom out.
1: Are you worried that he just had the nineteen touches? I mean, there was no real reason for him to score eighty nine. He he just scored eighty nine. Um, is that something that's concerning you, JB, or not at all?
0: Nah, he's good. <laughs>
1: Okay, that, there you have it. Let's move on to uh, Charlie Spargo.
0: Yeah, so Spargo was excellent. 81 supercoach, 18 disposals. He looked like a genuine player. Like, you know how those those types of players, like for Venables, for example, I, I don't mean to trash on the kid, but um, <laughs> just didn't look like he was a, a true footballer. When he got it, he was great, but he couldn't find it. He wasn't the real magnet that you sort of look for. Uh, in, your, in your real good players. Spargo has that real magnet ability to, to just be where the football is, read the play really well and very efficient when he got it as well and uh, backed up with his 88% uh, disposal efficiency as well. Kicked a couple of goals, which I wouldn't expect him to do every game, but he is that forward that they that they brought in to kick goals. The only concern is if Petrarca comes back, does Spargo go out? I hope not because Wiedemann had a, a way worse game and there are a few other players of that ilk that had worse games. I hope they give him a go, Pistol.
1: Yeah, I think Neil Bullen might go out um, for Petrarca because a similar, similar type player. But you're right, Spargo, he's, he, it's a very fine line in that Demon squad. You've you've got Hannon as well. Um, that's in the site. Any one of them, if they perform poorly, um, they could be right out. So it's a bit risky, but if he plays this well he's going to hold his spot I mean as you said he, he looked like a natural footballer and I think um, the last player in this match that also looked like a natural footballer um, Kobe Much, JB he had uh, 20 touches in his first game at 75% disposal efficiency just 66 Supercoach points but really I mean that's good enough especially for a cheap midfielder downgrade option i think that he's someone that can only really get better and he's going to get given opportunities in that essence side so he's somebody i'm very high on and looking forward to watching him in his next game
0: yeah and he's probably the reason not the sole reason there's obviously a few options there but one of the big reasons why i'm looking to a double downgrade next week because he he did look very good and he's a an natural footballer Um, 20 disposals on debut, perfect exactly what SNL, I think he was even named their player of the game, so um, that might have been because he did so well on debut, probably outplayed by a couple of players, but um, very, very good to to see very good signs from from Much, so Collingwood versus Richmond, the second to last game of the round, and Trelaw 149 supercoach points, it's hard not to talk about him, we'll we'll group him up with Jeremy Howe, even though they have no relation in supercoach whatsoever, (laughs) but Did both score one hundred and forty nine, and both have been up and down a little bit? What are your thoughts on either of these two guys because they're not really spoken about? Well,
1: trelaw we we know that he was going to be that high risk high reward um, pick. I know Chizo mentioned him in the in the preseason as somebody to look out for because it's just hard to tell if you're going to get that you know hundred flat Trelaw or you're going to get that one hundred and fifteen trelaw And to be honest, even though like I think it was three weeks ago or four weeks ago, he played almost as a pure forward, and we were we were like hmm. This is not going to be good for his scoring. He's playing out the goal square. He still has managed to ton up five times in a row, JB. He's averaging 116 for the season. His price at 591K. And he's only in 5% of teams. So Trelaw is somebody that I feel like we know that he can average 115. Like, no one's shocked that he's doing this. It's just, do you want to pay? He's now just under 600K. Like, do you want to pay... 600k for Adam Trelaw when you, you don't know if the form's going to revert or if it's going to hold out for the whole whole season and do you want to spend that much more when you're comparing him probably to, to Scott Pendlebury who's averaging 110 this year and he's you know 30k cheaper and obviously Pendlebury has the past pedigree as well so um, yeah there's a, a lot of tough decisions to be made I'm biased as a Collingwood supporter I'm I'm, I'm going to think uh, Collingwood is obviously going to make the finals, going to push, push it, push for the flag this season. So get in all <laughs> oh, no. the Collingwood, get in all the Collingwood players. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough. It, it's certainly, it's not out of the question that is going to be a top eight mid, but I think, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's your gut feel on that one, JB.
0: Yeah, definitely. And with Jeremy Howe as well, I think he'll be up and down uh, like his marking ability as well. goes all the way up and then all the way down. And, um, i think you'll be up and down for the season essentially so we'll have some very good games ski stop laughing at my my very good <laughs> it's, terrible. it's terrible no it was good okay. no no like there'll be people in their homes listening to this podcast laughing like howling with laughter at some of the things i've said howling We're in with very laughter? good form that's for sure hey howling with laughter no see that's terrible that's worse than Is mine it? you can't Ugh. no it wasn't it was pretty good actually <laughs> Uh, Brody Grundy, the number two uh, scoring, high-scoring Supercoach player for the season thus far, has shocked a lot of people with his ability to uh, play with Cox, actually. Um, so 115 Supercoach. Can, can you take this one, Pistol? No,
1: I think you're going to take this one. I'm banned, remember? I'm not allowed to talk about
0: the Collingwood Ruckman. Okay, all right. Well, he's been very good, and if he started in, good job. And if you need to trade out a Ruckman. He'd be my number one spot. Obviously, everyone already has gone, so that's why he's number one. Uh, we'll move on. Penderbury, obviously, 108 super coach. He's been good, 110 average, like you said. Um, I don't know if he can push it, though. I think there are a lot of players out there that can push the, the 115, 120. I think Penderbury will hover around that 110, so not a, a crazy, immediate, like, have to get Penderbury in right now. But if you've got him in already, then you can be very safe and secure, in knowing that he'll go one ten, I think.
1: The best part about the Collingwood game, JP, was the commentator said um, it, it wasn't it wasn't the main commentator. It was the other. I can't remember who it was, and he said when Pendlebury got the ball, he said. I was reading an article today about Scott Pendlebury, and they came up with this new nickname for him. They call him De Pendlebury because he never has a bad game. <laughs> I was thinking like how old's the article you're reading because he's been called De Pendlebury probably for like ten years now.
0: Ah, uh, I can't listen to that and not cringe. I'm glad I didn't hear that because I'd be replacing my t v <laughs> that i mean we've we've called him out on the podcast at least he does he clearly doesn't listen to the podcast, which is even ups- more upsetting in itself but yeah, that's unbelievable lack of knowledge by whoever that commentator was. Uh, very upsetting, actually. We'll move on, though. I digress. Now, the next player that we'll speak about is Sam Murray, 62. Could be hitting his rookie wall, but, I mean, he's it has been a good ride so far, and he does have the capability of knocking out those 90-plus scores, so I wouldn't write him off, but he's someone that... With another 60, we'll be looking to offload probably in a week or so.
1: I think he's just sore. He's just tired. I mean, his game that he plays is very physical. He's running a lot. He plays Brisbane this week, so I think like that's probably going to be... That's going to suit him, and Geelong as well, um, I think, will, will suit him. I think these fixtures are, are good for Murray. I'm not really looking to offload him because, as you said, he could pop out the 90. But, I mean, I think there was three times during the game um, this week where he took the ball and he ran, and either the ball, he, he just dropped it, like it just fell out of his hands while he was running. He was running so quickly, um, the ball just spilled out and he got a clanger. So I feel like he was a little bit unlucky. He had five clangers, and I think three of them were just because he ran so fast and the ball popped out, which hasn't happened before. He's probably a bit tired and sore after Anzac Day in the short turnaround. So I'm not really concerned. I feel like a nine is just around the corner for Murray
0: yeah well hopefully Uh, that's why I'm I'm definitely holding him for the Brisbane game but that could be one of my last uh, options for him or one of my last chances to give him if he pops out another 60 then I'll start getting a little bit nervous about holding on to him for too much longer Uh, Appleby debuted with a 58 looked very solid only the 8 disposals but was very disciplined in his role but replacing Langdon who's back soon, so not a whole lot to look at there, Richmond uh, had Nankavis 125, he had 29 disposals, so pretty much grundied, Grundy, so <laughs> accumulated a lot of the ball, and I think, uh, I was reading some of his stats earlier, and he's pretty much top three for everything that a Ruckman could do, so disposals, hitouts uh, to advantage and all those things, so he's having a very good season, and I mean, we don't really talk about Ruckman because all our Ruckman are set and forgets, but if he did start in, very good point of difference pick and, and someone that you'd write out for the season, obviously. Uh, the next player we'll talk about is a disappointing Dustin Martin. So 88 super coach points, had the 29 disposals, but wasn't efficient, uh, 55% on that. So, I mean, you just take it. And if you don't have Dustin, you, you pretty much celebrate very, very hard and you get him in for a bit cheaper in a few weeks.
1: Yep. I mean, you said it all. i got nothing to add there, JB.
0: Ah, oh, see, that's... I mean, I might as well just solo but... <laughs> I'm sorry. Jack I'm Higgins.
1: sorry that no, you summarized
0: it well. Jack Higgins, 71. His only two goals for the game came within five seconds of one another. And this was great. This was uh, not great for a... No, Cleveland terrible. Fan, Very undisciplined. <laughs> but he kicked a goal and in his celebrations, being Jack Higgins the excitable kid that he is, was flailing the arms around and celebrating and bouncing about and then Lyndon Nunn just came in and decked him. So he got another goal. He got another free kick in the goal square and, and booted another one. So bad for Collingwood, but good for those who traded him in. He's looking like a very good cash cow uh, if he keeps uh, keeps doing what he's doing and, and sticks in that squad. So fingers crossed for those who traded him in uh, last week. That's pretty much all on the Richmond side of things. We'll move over to the last game of the round. That was Dockers versus West Coast. And Lockie Neal looks back, 151 Supercoach and had the ball on a string, 15 contested possessions, and just your thoughts on him as an upgrade target. He's he's getting very cheap.
1: So this is funny because Chizo has been talking about this moment for the last two weeks in particular. He kept saying, Lockie Neal is just scoring 100 right now, but the big game, because the possessions are there, he's like the big super coach game is around the corner, and you can't trade him out just yet because he's going to explode. He's going to have that one big 50 And here it happened. It finally happened. He scored the 150. He's 523k. He's got a break-even of 59. He's not somebody that I would suggest upgrading to just because, really, he's only had... This is his second score over 100, and the other score was 100 flat. He's not quite doing enough, averaging 101, uh, to be considered, uh, I think, a midfield upgrade target. Maybe averages 105 from here on, but it's hard to see him going 110+. plus. So not an upgrade target for me, but yeah, for owners, it's enough that you hold him and you're thankful and you can reassess him, reassess at that round 14 bye.
0: Yeah, definitely. Had a, a very Locky Neal type game. A lot of disposals, a lot of tackles, very contested and now uh, very clean with the footy. So, I mean, hopefully he pulls a few together because I do like Locky Neal up and about. He's one of my favorite players to watch actually. Uh, Nat Fife, the other player to talk about in this game, 114 crazy because he had... Pretty much hundred and forty at quarter time and then and then <laughs> seemed to have just done nothing afterwards. Uh everyone was commenting on the, the disappearance of Nat Fife. Rested a lot forward, so I thought I think Fremantle thought that he'd be uh, their barometer kicking a few goals, but just didn't get the end on the end of it. So uh, very unlucky to not have a much higher score on that one. David Mundy, ninety-eight. Um, should this be a play that we consider in our forward line? A lot of people assuming he'll digress with his Obviously, he's aging body, but uh, doesn't generally do that in the past.
1: Well, I mean, the thing is, Mundy is a massive POD at the moment. I'm talking he's in 3% of teams, but he's averaging 103 as a forward. So, I'm not going to say you can't look at Mundy. He's got a 5-round average of a 107, but it's not like he's had this one you know, 200-point game. He's just been consistently good this year. I'll just read off his numbers for those that aren't aware. He's got 83, 123, 106, 105, 104, 98 so he's just been good every game and I mean I don't really see this this changing, Walters obviously uh, we'll talk about in a sec but he got injured Um, and you could do worse than picking um, a unique David Mundy who's averaging over 100 as the the replacement, I mean he's playing currently, um, he's he's starting in the midfield and he's playing through the midfield and he's just doing enough JB to be considered a a top 6 midfielder this year yeah and when he goes forward
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, you've made that mistake too many times I this have. podcast. I'll stop, Greg. You. Um, and he's he goes forward, and he, mm-hmm. he's actually efficient. He's good on the lead. He kicks a goal a game, and you know he's not the sort of player that gets rested up forward. And we we go, oh no, he's he's a zero point stint for the next you know five ten minutes. He's actually he's actually doing well up forward, and he, he's pressure up forwards very good as well. Uh, six tackles with a game, so good for Mundy, uh, and good for those who own him. Good for those who are looking to get a, a cheap no, not cheap, get a good forward in uh, for the replacing of Michael Walters, who we will speak about in a second. Luke Ryan was good, uh, 85. Speaking of PODs in the defense, uh, had a very good game, as he has pretty much for the whole entirety of the season. Duman is... Uh, Duman? Duman? Whatever. Uh, he scored 53 in his second game, so a good downgrade option. And I think his job security solid. I think there was a bit of a concern with uh, with their... their uh, that Michael Johnson there we go him not being in the team when Dumont was listed but now Michael Johnson and Dumont are, are in the team are you going to correct me on that in a second why saying that um,
1: yeah you are I'm just really enjoying watching you flail about Duman?
0: it's just do like you know you. yeah do man uh, no I think I think he's wrong <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm correct with saying Duman. <laughs> but anyway uh Michael Walters uh obviously has gone down there's a lot of replacement options uh, who would be your, your number one and maybe even number two options, Pistol, is it, to put you on the spot? There's a
1: downgrade option this week.
0: Walters. Oh. I'm talking about Walters. I've flicked the switch already. I'm too quick. I've gone to Walters. Who would be your, your number one and two options for him?
1: Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm still going to say Toby McLean because I think his price is very fair for the value that he offers. Obviously, four scores above 110 is hard to go past as a midfielder. Um, as we said, 515k. But if you're not going to jump on him, if you don't have Heaney, I mean, you just got to get Heaney in. And, um, and otherwise, I guess you're looking all the way up to Robbie Gray. It's tough because there's, there's clearly a three three standout forward options in McLean, Gray, and Heaney. Um, and then after that, it's a bit less clear. I mean, if you if you don't want to take the punt on Sicily, consider him. He's, he's averaging 105 and he's 448k. I mean, that value is hard to ignore. And, I mean, you think surely after being suspended twice, he pulls his head in, right? Right, JB? He, he can't <laughs> possibly get suspended again.
0: I mean, we did say that after the first game, but I've traded him in this week, Pistol.
1: So, I mean, at least at least consider him for Michael Walters.
0: Yeah, I mean, it'd be scary trading him in. There's not a lot of faith there. We will, we will move on to the West Coast side. Elliot Yo, 94, super coach. Um, this was surprising because he was down. He was tagging... Well, uh, not, not tagging. He was running with five-foot stoppages at the very least. They had a good matchup. And he kicked a late goal, not even the ceiling goal, but to put him up by, a, I think it was 14 points or something at the time. Got a good boost from that and then just went crazy in the last few minutes and, and snuck up to a 94, so had a good last quarter. I think that helped his score a lot. He was probably hovering around the 60s before that, so a good last quarter. But that's what he does. He he impacts games when they're, they're in the balance, and, and that's why you get him in because you can consistently get those decent scores from it. Now, we'll move on to Natanui, who had a 70. Obviously, nothing to worry about there. Still had the 60% time of ground. He's just going to have these games where he's not been absolutely amazing in, in scoring 100 in, in half a game. So a 70, you take that from 61%, I think. And then lastly, talk about the debutant uh, Petricelli twelve. Uh, probably not someone on our right <laughs> now.
1: Uh, no, I'm sorry for laughing, but yeah, four disposals. He had one good play where he intercepted the ball and, and sprinted forwards and and kicked it long and set up a goal. But I mean, he scored twelve Super Coach points, so you can't really consider. JB, I think he
0: could have gotten twelve for that play. I
1: mean, yeah, it's pretty much you can intercept possession and goal assist. It's probably about eight of the twelve points in that one play. <laughs> Um, I mean, he did manage to have three clangers um, from four possessions. So was wasn't his best Ooh. game, but he'll get better. I mean, yeah, it's just upwards from here. But JB, let's talk about um, someone who's now on the bubble. Tom Cole, he scored 98 last week, 67 this week, but he's 170K. So would you get somebody like Tom Cole, um, as I said, 98 and 67, or would you look at Dooman? man <laughs> Uh, and Dooman scoring an an eighty five and then a fifty three, who's only a hundred and twenty three k. Which one of those two would be your, I guess, better downgrade rookie option?
0: Uh, for me, it's Dooman. I mean, he doesn't have quite the job security that Cole does, and Cole did have that first uh, score of ninety odd, but that does go out of his three round average next week, so. Um, he'll have to score around the 70 to 80 mark to keep making good money. And as you saw this week, 67, very close to that 70 mark. But I think he's he's probably going to score around the 60 mark for a vast majority of the games that he plays. He does have a good ceiling. I, I do appreciate that. But he's extended, sorry, he's a, a inflated price among other rookies. Just makes it hard uh, when you've got a 50K. Uh, jump on someone and uh, it just works against you doesn't you have to score better for a a more so to to make even the same amount of money so i think do man's probably the way to go uh unless he's dropped in which case i'd probably go Yeah, that would
1: be way easier if uh, one of them was dropped but yeah I, i i'm pretty much on the fence here i i don't think either of them are great downgrade options but um gun to my head i would Probably take Cole, I think, just job security-wise. Um, you know, he had 10 tackles. Um, he only had 12 touches, but 10 tackles, to me, he's at least going to get a couple more games, whereas uh, Dooman is just pretty much like fringe, right? So if he has a terrible, terrible game, then he's just out the next week. Uh, it could be. <laughs> well, JB, I think... Uh, Pretty much wraps up the podcast. Um, there wasn't any cancer council donations this week, so nobody got any uh, donate for donuts. But um, yeah, if you're looking at staring down a donut this week, feel free to donate to the cancer council. the The uh, post will be in the comments or on SoundCloud in the description, iTunes in the description. As usual, um, Chizo did a fantastic job at answering all of the emails last week. He we were we were very busy, and he actually single-handedly managed to get through them um, in that short turnaround between the Anzac Day match and the Friday, which was an unbelievable effort. So thanks very much to Chizo. He um, did manage to answer all of them. You can you can ask Chizo more questions um, at drscpod, drsupercoachpod, at gmail.com, and we'll do our best to get them back to you before lockout. Um, do you want to take us, JB, through all of our Twitters?
0: Yes, yes I do. Uh, So it's at JB underscore DRSC, at Pistol, P-I-S-T-O-L, for those confused about the spelling, (laughs) underscore DRSC, and at Cheezo with a Z underscore DRSC. And the the normal, the main Twitter is just Dr underscore SC. So uh, we are very active on those. I'd say if I were to rank the, the activeness by, by person, it'd be me followed by the actual Dr. Supercoach Twitter and then everyone else. So um, I'd probably jump on my Twitter would be the recommendation. Um, however, I am ranked about 400K, so maybe not. Well, to
1: be honest, I actually was one follower behind you, um, which was a massive comeback given how long ago you started Twitter. But the last couple of days, you've just shot up ahead and I think it's purely because all you're doing right now on Twitter is just complaining and writing angry messages um, to the supercoach gods. So if you're a fan of people complaining, definitely follow JB because he's covered that. He's, he's all over that at the moment.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's fair to say most of my complaining revolves around my podcast team members. So <laughs> um, if you'd like to know more about my horrible podcast team members, then yep, definitely give me a follow. If not, if you want to see someone just, you know, uh, pick this player, I, I made this trade this week, you know, just the real boring stuff, then, yeah, definitely Pistols you got to go to. Well,
1: more, more like uh, look at the <laughs> options for the week. You know, if, if you want the quality premium advice, you know where to go. Go to <laughs> How Chiso. How are we going to go with this? <laughs> go to Chiso. I don't know. We're just going to keep <laughs> talking about it. But uh, thanks very much for listening. It's been a, a long one, and uh, hopefully it was insightful, and we'll uh, catch you on Thursday.
0: Yeah, and sorry, just lastly, if you do enjoy the long pods, let us know, because we we don't actually know if you like long pods or short pods. We get a lot of mixed feedback for that, so make yourself be heard, and the long pods might be a a thing to stay. I mean, I do enjoy talking to you, Pistol. Uh,
1: Well, when you say we have mixed feedback, we actually have no feedback, so uh, we we don't know. (laughs) So generally, please... Let us know if you're enjoying the long one. If you've managed to get it this far, it's probably safe to say that you didn't mind it. But um, definitely, let's next time JB we will say it at the beginning of the podcast so people can uh, can can tell us that. Um, anyway, I hope you hope you have a good week, JB, and uh, look forward to talking to you later. Ciao.